Hello and welcome. I'm Pastor Vince, and this is Applying God's Word, a Bible teaching podcast to encourage you as you walk with the Lord. This is episode 27, titled The Holy Spirit, Part 1, His Divine Personhood. One of my favorite pastors was Charles Spurgeon, who lived from 1834 to 1892. He was a pastor in England who saw enormous blessings from God upon his ministry. Thousands came to Christ through his preaching. But Spurgeon never took credit for the success of his ministry. Instead, he always pointed to the hundreds of people who came before services and prayed for God's blessing. He said any success had come from God in answer to their prayers. Spurgeon was often fond of calling these prayer gatherings the church's boiler room. In Spurgeon's time, steam was the power source of the day. Some of us older folks will remember when boiler rooms as the driving forces of everything, including household heating systems. Boiler rooms were functional, but often dirty and hot, usually tucked away in the basement. Likewise, Spurgeon saw the prayers of his people as the spiritual power behind his preaching and ministry. This is why he told his fellow pastors, Brethren, we shall never see much change for the better in our churches in general till the prayer meeting occupies a higher place in the esteem of Christians. Men like Charles Spurgeon, D.L. Moody, R.A. Torrey preached with boldness and power while submitting to and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Men like these convicted the world of sin and urged repentance and saw multitudes come to faith in the Lord. May the Lord in our day raise up more of such men to stand firm and proclaim the full gospel with boldness and faith to the world that is in desperate need of the saving grace and salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Before one can correctly understand the work of the Holy Spirit, one must first of all know the Spirit himself. A frequent source of error and fanaticism about the work of the Holy Spirit is the attempt to study and understand his work without first of all coming to know him as a person. It is of the highest importance from the standpoint of worship that we decide whether the Holy Spirit is a divine person worthy to receive our adoration, our faith, our love, and our entire surrender to himself, or whether we view the Holy Spirit as simply an influence emanating from God or power or an illumination that God imparts to us. If the Holy Spirit is a person and a divine person and we do not know him as such, then we are robbing a divine being, the third person of the Godhead, of the worship and the faith and the love and the surrender to himself which are his due. It is also of the highest importance from the practical standpoint that we decide whether the Holy Spirit is merely some mysterious and wonderful power that we, in our weakness and ignorance, are somehow to get hold of and use, or whether the Holy Spirit is a real person infinitely holy, infinitely wise, infinitely mighty, and infinitely tender, who is to get hold of and use us. 
But if we once grasp the thought that the Holy Spirit is a divine person of infinite majesty, glory, and holiness, and power, who in marvelous condescension has come into our hearts to make his abode there and take possession of our lives and make use of them, it will put us in the dust and keep us in the dust. I can think of no thought more humbling or more overwhelming than the thought that a person of divine majesty and glory dwells in my heart and is ready to use even me. It is of the highest importance from the standpoint of experience that we know the Holy Spirit as a person. Tens of thousands of men and women can testify to the blessing that has come into their own lives as they have come to know the Holy Spirit, not merely as a gracious influence emanating, it is true, from God, but as a real person, just as real as Jesus Christ himself, an ever-present loving friend and mighty helper, who is not only always by their side, but dwells in their heart every day and every hour, and who is ready to undertake for them in every emergency of life. There is still quite a number of folks unfamiliar with all the distinctive characteristics of personality ascribed to the Holy Spirit in the Bible. Such will be our focus in this series of episodes to follow. So what are the distinctive characteristics or marks of personality? Knowledge, feeling or emotion, and will. All of these characteristics or marks of personality are repeatedly ascribed to the Holy Spirit in the Old and New Testaments. Reading 1 Corinthians 2, 10 and 11. These are the things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thought except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Here, knowledge is ascribed to the Holy Spirit. We are clearly taught that the Holy Spirit is not merely an influence that illuminates our minds to comprehend the truth, but a being who himself knows the truth. In 1 Corinthians 12:11, But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. Here, will is ascribed to the Spirit and we are taught that the Holy Spirit is not a power that we get hold of and use according to our will, but a person of sovereign majesty who uses us according to his will. This distinction is of fundamental importance in our getting into right relations with the Holy Spirit. It is at this very point that many on both sides of the pulpit go astray. They are reaching out after and struggling to get possession of some mysterious and mighty power that they can make use of in their work according to their own will. They will never get possession of the power they seek until they come to recognize that there is not some divine power for them to get hold of and use in their blindness and ignorance 
but there is a person infinitely wise as well as infinitely mighty who is willing to take possession of them and use them according to his own perfect will. When we stop to think about it, we must rejoice that there is no divine power that beings so ignorant as we are, so liable to error, to get hold of and use. How appalling might be the results if there were. But what a holy joy must come into our hearts when we grasp the thought that there is a divine person, one who never errors, one who is willing to take possession of us and impart to us such gifts as he sees best and to use us according to his wise and loving will. We read in Romans 8:27, And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. In this passage, mind is ascribed to the Holy Spirit. The Greek word translated mind is a comprehensive word including the ideas of thought, feeling, and purpose. It is the same that is used in Romans 8-7 where we read that the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then in this passage we have all the distinctive marks of personality ascribed to the Holy Spirit. May today's study draw you nearer to the Lord and fill you with joy as you focus on your relationship with the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, Jesus Promised.